Welcome to Dreamland, a program dedicated to an examination of areas in the human experience not easily nor neatly put in a box. Things seen at the edge of vision, awakening a part of the mind as yet not mapped. And yet things every bit as real as the air we breathe but don't see. This is Dreamland. Indeed it is. Another Sunday evening in Dreamland's on the air. Hi, everybody. I'm Art Bell. As you just heard on this program, we explore areas not so easily pinned down and put in a box. I'd like to welcome a whole raft of new radio stations to the network, KTBR-AM in Roseburg, Oregon. Uh, welcome, another in the family of the Oregon stations, W-I-N-K-A-M in Fort Myers, Florida. Welcome to Dreamland and the network. Good to have you on board, another Florida station. W-T-D-Y in Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome. K-H-S-N in Coos Bay, Oregon. Welcome. And K-D-W-N. Uh, it's been a long wait for uh, some people in um, in uh, Las Vegas for Dreamland, but uh, you are online, so welcome to that entire group of radio stations. Great to have you online. First, as always, we will go to Philadelphia, and we will speak in a moment with Linda Howe. Then, coming up, Jordan Maxwell, who will talk uh, about a chapter of a book he wrote called The Book the Church Doesn't Want You to Read. And he will uh, he'll focus on religious texts, implications that human history has been manipulated by non-human entities pretending to be gods, pretending to be gods and angels. And that should be fascinating. He'll also talk some about Area 51. That was odd. And now, Jordan Maxwell. Jordan, welcome to the program. Uh, Art. Yes. Yeah. How are you? I'm going to put you over on another place here, Jordan. Hold on just one second. Let me put you over here. And are you there? Yes. Okay, good, Jordan. Where are you? I'm in uh, Burbank, California, downtown, beautiful Burbank. Downtown, <laughs> downtown <laughs> Burbank, all right. Um, Jordan, I don't have a bio on you. I have a little bit of information that Linda sent me. We've only got a minute before the bottom of the hour. Tell us about Jordan Maxwell. Who are you? Well, I am an author and, uh, and a teacher and a lecturer, and I, I've dealt for many years on the, uh, with the subject of the occult societies, ancient theologies, secret societies, and their influence on us today in our modern-day world, and especially how it influences our theological and political uh, concepts and belief systems. I believe that the more we change, the more we stay the same, that so much of what we believe in understand today has been around for thousands and thousands of years and uh, <clears throat> as you introduced me a while ago I really wasn't interested in talking about the book necessarily but uh, I do have a book out with Steve Allen called the book your church does not want you to read it's a general anthology on the on the background of ancient religions and where a lot of the concepts and ideas have come from well, we're, we're going to get to the part uh, uh, that the church doesn't want us to know about, I'm sure, and I'm sure that it involves uh, the way we were placed on earth. Well, that obviously has something to do with mm, it. I thought yeah. so. <laughs> I, I guess that. All right, Jordan, uh, that gives them a little teaser. We're going to break here at the bottom of the hour, and we'll be right back to you. Stay right there. Jordan Maxwell. Sounds like it should be a fascinating night. 
Conventional wisdom, Jordan, says that either we came from the slime and uh, sort of crawled our way onto land at some point, and uh, then the process of evolution uh, finally got us here the way we are now, or uh, the creator, the man we call the being that we call God, um, put us here, as in Adam and Eve and the Bible. Are you saying it didn't occur either one of those ways? Well, actually, I'm not saying I know for sure, but uh, I think that there is a lot more we need to know about how the Bible came into existence and uh, how so much of what is in the Old Testament was actually based on uh, even earlier records. And uh, I personally think that maybe intervention into our evolution uh, might be a place to start to look how we got here. Because, how, how would you go about making the case for intervention? Well, I, I, I can't do it as well as those who have written on the subject. Uh, there have been some uh, very uh, illuminating uh, studies done on how the ancient creatures that we find that are rather similar to man, and, um, and, and we know that they've been around for thousands and thousands of years, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere pops up uh, the human as we know it today. Mm -hmm. And uh, the jump in evolution or the jump in the creation uh, just cries out that someone intervened in our evolution. And uh, I don't know that much about the particular subject, but I am inclined to believe that there has been some sort of a intervention. Because when you read in the Old Testament that God said, let us, make man in our image, uh, immediately you have a problem, as most Bible students, with uh, who is us and our. And then later on it says that man has become as one of us. Talking with the rabbi many years ago, he made the point that when you read that particular scripture where God said, come let us make man, uh, it was not saying that God was creating man at that point. It was actually saying, come, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, implying that man was already here, but for being so great, he wasn't that great, and consequently, whoever they were, or whoever God is, it's talking to himself, someone is saying, let's take what is here and refashion it. Let's make man in our image, after our likeness. Well, so, do you think there was an event like the obelisk in 2001 or something of that nature? Well, if I recall, uh, there was a picture in one of Zachariah Sitchin's uh, works that pictured an, a human laying on a table with glass rods going into the body and people standing around it. And this was all the way back to the Sumerian era. Uh, I'm just wondering, and I don't know for sure, this is not a field in which I am uh, proficient in, but I, I just wonder if we weren't in some way or another uh, manipulated into being uh, the, the creatures that we are today by uh, some higher force. All right. Let me talk to some about something for a second that I think you are somewhat familiar with. Um, my Area 51. I say my Area 51 because it is just adjacent to me here. Mm -hmm. Jordan, what are they doing there? Well, I'll tell you, I went up to see uh, Pat and uh, and Joe, good friends of mine, up at Little Alien. And I took two friends with me, uh, Paul Tice, a publisher, and 
Ivy West, a lady from Hawaii who has a radio show, and she happened to be in town at the time, and I was going, and I was on my way to speak at um, at uh, Mesquite, I believe it was, and I was speaking at a UFO congress there. And this was the first weekend in December, uh-huh. and on our way back on a Sunday morning, the three of us decided that we would go up to Area 51 because the three of us had never been there. We met and we uh, had a lunch up there and talked with the people. And then uh, when they were closing up that night, the little alien, uh, I asked Joe, well, where do we go to see UFOs? And so he said, well, if you're going to see anything, go out to the right, go out on the highway, turn right and go a couple of miles and you'll see a black mailbox. Well, we were so excited, the two people with myself and so we drove out onto the highway, and I turned left instead of right. And we drove about almost 20 miles looking for a black mailbox and talking and not realizing we're going in the wrong direction. Uh-huh. And we got out, and so we, when we finally decided we've gone too far and it's too late and we need to turn around, we stopped to turn the car around, and right where we stopped happened to be a very well-kept dirt road uh, leading off into the desert. And, of course, it... Okay, it occurred to all of us that, well, maybe we'll take a drive on the dirt road and see where it goes. So we did. And we drove about three miles into the dirt road, and that night in particular was very uh, overcast. Uh, it was rather windy, overcast. The, the clouds were moving very quickly. but And so we were driving, as I said, about three miles into the interior of the desert, and all of a sudden I got spooked. I really legitimately uh, became afraid that we were somewhere we were not supposed to be. It just occurred to me. And I said, look, I'm going to turn around and go back because we're not supposed to be here. Yes. And uh, and so they said, well, look, we've already come this far, and and it's this late. At least we can do is stop for a few moments. So it sounded halfway reasonable. So I said, well, all right, just for a couple of minutes. So we turned the car around, shut the lights off, and we got out. I have no idea where we are, out in the middle of nowhere. And we looked all around. There was nothing on the horizons anywhere. And then above our head, we looked up, and lo and behold, there were two large, round, glowing, white uh, plate or saucer-shaped things. And I have no idea the world were. And wow. while watching these two things uh, floating, just uh, they were not flying, but they were going from they were coming from north, going south right over the top of our heads, right at the cloud line. <laughs> and then right behind them were five others that broke out of the clouds. And there were seven brilliantly white, glowing, round things. And as I said, I had no idea in the world what, in fact, we were looking at. Jordan, being uh, something of a ufologist and uh, with a lot of interest in Area 51, after all, going to Area 51... Of course, you had your handy cam there, right? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> not even a little brownie camera. Nothing. Oh, Nothing at all. Jordan. So I don't know what the world it was, and I have no idea in the world uh, you know, why we didn't have anything, but we didn't. So that was too bad, but we didn't. Oh, my. So that was it. So we didn't have anything at all, and uh, we were not able to take any pictures, and I'll tell you, I don't think that we were uh, able, I don't think we would have been able to take pictures at all, because I suspect that that we would not have been able to actually photograph these things, because they, 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 I believe they had the ability to, um, to 
masked themselves from a camera. So I don't think it would have done right. us any good if we had a camera. Jordan, oh, what do you know about Area 51, aside from the sighting that you just had? Well, uh, I really... I really don't know that much about it. Uh, it's history. I, as I said, I talked with my friends up there, and they gave me a little bit of the background. Uh, I'll tell you what I feel. My gut feeling about Area 51 and that area where we call the uh, little alien is located. Once you go up there, you, you have to be there yourself to understand what I'm saying. There is a definite, definite uh, uh, feeling there that there's something going on and that there's definitely something spiritual happening there. And so I am totally sure that there's something going on up there, And uh, but I just don't know what yet. All right. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by that place and uh, what, you know, and I really don't know what, what to say about the military part of it. That was one of the things that was uh, frightening me, really, and legitimately scaring me, is that I, I wasn't really too worried about what we were seeing in the sky, as much as I was uh, what maybe the military was going to uh, come down on our heads and we were out in the middle of nowhere and they could take us away and we'd never be found before. Actually, I think they have a civilian security service up there. Well, probably. Um, all right, Jordan, you uh, talk a great deal about symbols and mythology. Yes, that is actually the, uh, the uh, subject which I am most interested in, is the influence of secret societies and fraternal orders uh, on us today and uh, and how they uh, affect us and that's the thing that I have been very interested in for some time um, if you if you go back into the occult symbols that are used in religion and the secret societies of paternal orders you will find that um, we're using the same symbols today I'm, and, I'm, uh, I'm hearing I'm hearing something in the background there Jordan yeah I am too hold on just a minute Okay. Okay. Oh, that's a much better phone, Jordan. Whatever it was you were using, don't use it again. Okay. This is much better. Okay, very good. Uh, now, back to what I was saying. Occult symbols and emblems and how they have been used in the ancient world is very important to understand because the same symbols and emblems are being used today. And... Um, <clears throat> It's a fascinating study when you get into the secret societies and the fraternal orders, and that has been the one place where I have always been fascinated. All right, give us an example. Well, let me, let me explain how I got into this. Then. All right. My mother had an uncle, when I was a child, had an uncle who worked in the Vatican, Secretary of State's office. And uh, he, on occasions, every couple of years, he would come back to visit the family. And he would talk for hours with my father and, and friends about the intrigue going on throughout the world from the Vatican Secretary of State's office viewpoint. I had two uncles who are uh, retired federal judges. My great-grandfather was a senator from the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. So uh, Senator Claude Pepper was a good friend of our family. So I grew up listening to politics and religion from behind the scenes, and I became aware at a very early age that there's just not too much difference between politics and religion as my mm -hmm. one of my uncles used to say that there's never been a political movement in the world that wasn't a little religious and there's never been a religious movement that wasn't a little political so uh, I, I have come to understand since then I started my research into this uh, quite legitimately because I was fascinated listening to these people talk and 
And well, I began back in 59. Jordan, what yeah. were you trying to determine? I, I understand the fascination with religion and uh, politics, but uh, as you went back, what were you trying to figure out? What was the basis of the beginning of the search? Well, yes, uh, good question. I, I, I got the idea, somehow or another, the idea got across to me that the whole story behind religion and politics and the ancient world is a story that has been systematically kept from view by the powers that be in almost all uh, civilizations and in all nations, that there has always existed, uh, and I'm just grabbing for generally thoughts um, which led me to do my research. Well, the obvious question is, what were they trying to hide from well, us? I think it was because the mystery schools of the ancient world were designed uh, to protect certain very valuable knowledge, which was not uh, to be allowed to the profane or to the uh, mundane uh, people. And so there was a cult, or hidden, and I should clarify that the word occult simply means hidden, that there were hidden influences in government and religion all the way back into the uh, Sumerian and pre-Sumerian Egyptian times. There were priesthoods, and those priesthoods were the holders of wisdom and knowledge, and that kind of wisdom was not given to the common people. And I believe, and I was able to deduce that from hearing uh, the kind of conversation, that that was still going on today. There is much uh, knowledge that is is readily available to those who are in a position to obtain it, but that there is much that has been hidden from us, and I don't think that that is that that is in keeping with the American system, where certain um, societies well, and not. groups would keep knowledge from the from the people, and consequently, I decided to on my own. <laughs> try to get to the bottom of where all of this uh, stuff, you might say, comes from. Where did all of these religious concepts and belief systems uh, originate? Um, I'm born in December 28th, so I'm told I'm Capricorn, which is the searcher out to the ends of all things, and that's really true for me because I have always been interested to go to the back and go to the bottom line to see where did things originate. How did I'm, 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 I'm still trying to understand, though, did you hear a conversation when you were young? Did you hear somebody say something that led you to believe there was great, there were great secrets that mankind uh, somehow or a few of mankind possessed that we didn't know about? Yes, and uh, not exactly in those words, but but the general tenor of the conversation was that uh, uh, you know I remember my mother saying, "Don't repeat these things that you hear." You mm -hmm. know the, the men talking about. Um, the, the general idea was that there there is a priesthood or or an order uh, of power in the world, and these people, um, for instance, a classic example I can I can give you today is the uh, is that group that meets up in Northern California, the Bohemian Society. Uh, the Bohemian Society meets for a couple of um, weeks uh, in July every year, and their symbol uh, they have a symbol and they have ceremonies. Uh, in front of bonfires at 12 midnight, and mm. and I have pictures of this, where presidents and all of the uh, uh, big shots in government and industry meet for two weeks out of the year, as I said. I've heard of it. Uh, and they have an owl. They have an owl that looks to be at least uh, 12 to 15 feet high, 
Now. And he's and this owl stands in front of a bonfire, and I see all of these important people dressed in capes and robes, and they're all dressed in. And um, and it's and the article said that the owl is used uh, by them to symbolize wisdom because they you can see things in the dark. Obviously, the people who lead this world are very wise because they can, like the owl, can see things in the dark, implying that there is a whole world of knowledge out there that we're not privy to as normal citizens. And I think it's an idea whose time has come to at least uh, make people aware of some of the uh, tricks of the trade of politics. Because well, what do you think goes on at these meetings? I mean, somehow in my mind's eye, I just picture uh, our vice president and President Clinton dancing around a giant owl, and I'm <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you think goes on at these meetings. I mean, is there some imparting of knowledge uh, or sharing of knowledge, or is it sort of like a ritual? Or what's I think going on? rituals have a lot to do with it. I think that there are certain spiritual values and knowledge which is held in common by the association which is acted out in ritual. Um, you know, as, as, as I said, the, the fire beneath the owl, uh, there are obviously overtones or occult symbols and emblems which, are, which have uh, occult overtones. Um, An obvious question would be, uh, many of the rich and powerful are said to be interested in an international single order or the one world government, if you want. Is it somehow all related to that? I tend to believe yes. I think so. And, and, I, I, and even just a general uh, business acumen would tell me that um, uh, it's easier to manipulate one government than 250 so if you're going to manipulate government, why don't you just have one government, and then you can control the entire world. And this is not so uh, foolish as it might sound. It sounds like a, a melodrama for a movie, but... It does. But, um, Secret but of actually, the Bell or something. Well, uh, and, then, and then I would, I would even further uh, speculate that somehow all of this world source... Well, I... Well, that's, that is one of the things which I... Totally believe. I think that there is some sort of a connection between the uh, world government, if you please, uh, some sort of an overstate over the world. And most, I have heard politicians and I've heard uh, knowledgeable people in the United Nations is based on some sort of a world system mm -hmm. of government. Oh yes. And uh, consequently, if there is in fact some sort of a system in which all nations are aware and they honor certain things, even if they uh, get cantankerous and uh, get out of line, all nations and politicians and uh, diplomats are aware that there is a world order of sorts. All right, Jordan, hold it right there. We're at the top of the hour. Relax. We'll be back to you. We will try to make some sort of uh, galactic sense of all of this. When we come back, Jordan Maxwell is my guest, and you're listening to Dreamland. Kingdom of Nine. You're hearing Dreamland with Art Bell. 
To participate in the program, call toll-free 1-800-618-8255, 1-800-618-8255. First-time callers, area code 702-727-1222, or the wildcard line at 702-727-1295. This is the CBC Radio Network. It certainly is. Dream at, Dreamland underway for a Sunday evening. I'm Mark Bell. Oh, it's a busy night. All right. To Jordan Maxwell. Jordan, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. Um, Linda Howe mentioned in her piece, The Rising Sun. Yes, and that caught my attention because that's a symbol that I have been uh, very familiar with for a long time, and the implications of the rising sun are horrendous because we can take that all the way back, as I said before. Much of the symbolism goes back into the ancient and prehistoric world. I don't believe there's ever been a symbol used more frequently and more widely used than that of the rising sun. But it would make sense. I mean, uh, early man, Jordan, uh, would have, um, I, I think, uh, worshipped the sun, would Absolutely. have looked at the sun as one of the biggest things in his world. Absolutely. And the, uh, the sun represented life. It represented warmth and, uh, and light on the earth and life, L-I-F-E, life on the earth. But it also uh, is a very important symbol in the occult societies of Freemasonry. For instance, uh, the communist symbols that are used uh, during the Communist Party and Soviet Union. Uh, the Soviet National Coat of Arms used the rising sun. Uh, the, the Nazi symbol of the swastika was the sun in motion. Uh, the, if you go through a, um, a flag book, uh, Flags of the World and Hallatry, you will find the sun... And its rising is a symbol that is used by almost every culture in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a very important symbol. And as you say, it's because the sun was so important to ancient man. But I'm saying that there is another significant um, connection can be made to that rising sun symbol in that it represents uh, spiritual and intellectual enlightenment. And consequently, it was used as a symbol in the illuminated societies or the, even the Bavarian Illuminati used the rising sun uh, to symbolize the coming of an age of enlightenment that would be dominated by uh, the different various societies. Well, enlighten me a little. What is the Illuminati? Well, the Illumin there, there were many different Illuminatis as such. Uh, the Jesuits were referred to as the Illuminati. Uh, the Bavarian Illuminati, of which has been... Uh, fairly well talked about in political circles was a was a southern german the order of freemasons who infiltrated into the grand lodge of england and uh, had for a time great sway uh, as if it were a secret society within a society uh, freemasonry was already well in existence in england and in europe and in 1717 is when it was founded and in 1775, uh, 74, 75, and 76, the Bavarian Illuminati, which was a hybrid uh, occult order, insinuated itself and moved into and joined itself to uh, the Grand Lodge of England and became, uh, became very... Uh, Oh, it became very powerful in its ability to manipulate Masonic um, government edicts and uh, education, etc. And so the, the influence of secret societies 
as I said, on government has been uh, an issue which people have been looking at for some time. I particularly believe that uh, the governments of the world today are, in fact, being uh, uh, very heavily in influenced and uh, manipulated by fraternal orders, secret societies. A classic example of the kind of thing I'm talking about is you go to any good university and there's going to be uh, things which are called Greek letter societies. Uh, for physicians have their own fraternal orders. Attorneys have their fraternal orders. Uh, politics has it, uh, its own. And so I believe that so much of what we see happening in our country, and I'm mo mostly concerned with our country, uh, that so much of our politics, our religion, our social institutions are being directed behind the scenes by secret uh, societies, yeah, by secret societies, fraternal mm. orders, even those societies which are semi-secret and supposedly uh, uh, open for review. I believe that, uh, for instance, behind what we call Scottish and York Rite, I believe is a higher degree of Freemasonry. And consequently, I find no fault with uh, the, the Freemason next door. But I do believe that behind British Freemasonry is a higher form of occult Freemasonry. And so I'm very concerned about the influence that secret societies, fraternal orders have you know, on us. You know, Jordan, let me uh, say something, and maybe you can come back at me in some way. I am not a great believer in um, uh, conspiracy theory. And if you look at the world today, to imagine that a single entity of any sort or a single secret society or even a group of them are in charge is, is to me, ludicrous. Because, Jordan, there is so much disorder in the world, and I mean disorder, that it's hard to imagine there's any central control. Um, how do you refute that? Well, I don't. I, I'm not saying that there is one all-encompassing society. Or, or, or even many. Or even many. But I do, uh, if you will recall, uh, Freemasonry, the, uh, the Grand Lodge Freemasonry, uh, that which we call the Scottish Rite Freemasonry, has a symbol on their, on their lodges, Ordo Ab Chao, Order Out of Chaos. And the idea is, is that uh, with the influence of powerful forces behind the scene, you can bring order out of the chaos that we see. We know, for instance, that much of the uh, is, uh, that we have in the streets and the crime that we have in this country is organized. It is, uh, we even have a term, organized crime. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't find that it's... Um, I mean, I believe that most of what we see happening in our world today wars and the uh, revolutions and the bloodshed and all the anarchy going on, I believe someone is causing it. I do not subscribe okay. to, the, uh, uh, to the theory that things just happen, because I know better. I know that in big business and big money and big government, things don't just happen. And, um, so the wars we've had, the great social disruptions that we've had, these have been orchestrated, planned? I, I think so, yes. I think that uh, for the most part they have been. They have been heavily influenced, and uh, even the um, organizationally uh, accepted re reference books and history books will talk about uh, conspiratorial apparatus going on in Germany and in England, and we have such things as Benzentine conspiracies, and we know that there has been this kind of thing going on. I mean, why would there, in law enforcement today in this country, federal, state, and local, why do they have... Uh, divisions called uh, the criminal conspiracies divisions 
uh, if there isn't such a thing as a criminal conspiracy. And then we well, know wait, that wait, organized... Wait, wait a minute, Jordan. Wait a minute. Um, why would a criminal conspiracies division imply that th that group um, themselves was a criminal conspiracy? In other words, they are organized to try and find criminal conspiracies, and it doesn't take too much imagination to know that criminals conspire. Well, then you've just answered what I've said. That, that I'm not saying that the entire world is uh, is in the hands of one group or one, one uh, group of societies, but I'm saying that the concept of a criminal conspiracy is something that we have always dealt with. There have always been brotherhoods and secret societies and fraternal orders, the assassins and uh, and the religious orders. We know that these things go on throughout the world. They always have. I'm just saying that uh, it's logical to me that if there are many other smaller uh, societies mm -hmm. manipulating or causing chaos or causing disruption, uh, why couldn't there be uh, an organized effort on the part of very powerful people who have the money and the background and the experience uh, to frighten people into doing things uh, that they would not ordinarily do by All right, creating. Then the, we the, know Hitler did that. Then the next logical question is, uh, to what end? Uh, in other words, what motivation or what motive uh, do these people have? Well, I think that they have um, various motives at different times in history. We know that Adolf Hitler used uh, chaos in the streets and bloodshed to frighten the people. I believe that that's, this is my opinion, I believe that our government has allowed, purposely allowed, uh, according to a plan, allowed violence to go on, allowed terrorism to, uh, to go on, and when people are found guilty of terrorist acts, murder, in fact, that they are eventually allowed to go back on the streets, and we know that that is true, that, that we do put many criminals back on the streets because right. we just don't have room for them. However, if you don't pay your income taxes, they will find why they allow murderers back on the street is because there is a very small percentage of 1% in the population killers. Well, as a matter of fact, I, I think, Jordan, the statistics show that about 7% of the criminals uh, commit uh, some incredible percentage of the, uh, the violent crime that goes on. In other words, it's a very small nucleus of very recidivistic criminals. Yes. Yes, and if you were to take them out of society, and of course the powers that be, we're talking about law enforcement and government, pretty well know with the high technology we have today, they pretty well know who they are and most usually know where they are. Now, if they wanted to take them out of society and therefore take out this threat of violence and rape and mayhem, mm -hmm. uh, they could do it. And this government is the most powerful entity on earth. And if they chose to take someone out of service, they could do it very easily. They got a hold of Adolf Hitler on the field of battle throughout the world uh, 60 years ago when they were a lot less sophisticated than they are now. They were able to get a hold on the uh, great evil empire of the Soviet Union. This country is able to get a hold on anybody at any time they please. They will send in the military and... And, uh, and bring you back to this country any time they please. They are this, this government that we live under is a very powerful entity. Consequently, if, if uh, the violence continues, if the uh, lawlessness continues, the drugs are coming in by the, by the boatfuls, it's because someone, I believe, is looking the other way purposely. And I would go a step further and say uh, that, that there are um, 
that there is influence in our government to allow this kind of crime to go on because it's good for politics. I and have heard you, judges you, talk about this. Yes, and you think that influence uh, would be the secret societies. Yes, because uh, I know that, for instance, the classic example is that the Mafia itself is a Masonic order. It was founded by Giuseppe Mazzini and Garibaldi of Italy, uh, both uh, high-degree Freemasons. And so, uh, so much of the, uh, the underworld is a Masonic order. They use Masonic symbolism. Uh, it's a fascinating story when you get behind all of these different the societies and criminal societies. And what about all the good the Masons do? Well, do I'm not talking about the, uh, the guy that lives next door to you. I'm not so talking about the people who live down the street. The local lodges. Yeah, the local lodges. I'm talking about occult Freemasonry, the, those societies within societies. As I said, the Grand Lodge era... Uh, the Grand Lodge of England was founded in 1717, but in 1774-75, uh, Illuminati Freemasonic, uh, the Illuministic Freemasons moved into Freemasonry and began using it. All right. How does all of this, or even the higher realms of the Freemasons, uh, connect to anything um, beyond the human race? Well, if we go back to the building of the pyramid, the whole idea of being a Freemason comes from the word Masonic or Mason, and we know that that word is, is used in, uh, in relation to anyone who builds with bricks. And if you go back to Egypt, all of these symbols and emblems that are used in modern-day Masonry go mm -hmm. back to Egypt, because they were the great builders of, uh, of temples and pyramids with brick. And, of course, there were other great temples before Egypt, but the symbolism is primarily Egyptian today. Huh. And they were the great brick builders. And so, consequently, today when you go to college or high school and you graduate, uh, you get a degree and you come out with a square mortarboard. The square mortarboard that you wear when you graduate comes from the mortarboard that brick masons or plasterers and brick masons use in building with, with uh, plaster and uh, cement and bricks. So that when you, uh, you, you were even, you know, using those symbols in education, in universities. Uh, the symbolism is just profound once you get into it and see how all of these things have come down to us. The, presum the presumption being that uh, mankind could not have, with technology at the time, built the pyramids. Uh, hence, it was uh, extraterrestrial technology that gave the otherwise earthly masons the ability to put all this together. Is that I, about right? I, I, I tend to find that that's probably about right, in my opinion. I think mm. that the people who built the pyramid, uh, the peoples who built that pyramid, if they were people at all, uh, had um, cosmic companionship in their, in their work. I mean, they said they did. All of the ancient uh, cults and societies um, go all the way back to Babylon. I have always talked about the influence of the gods on 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 their you know on their work, um, and if, that uh, secrets then were imparted that the masons or or masonry today retains. Yes, yes, and I think that that is uh -huh. quite true, and um, even the architecture today, which is used, uh, architects will tell you that there is uh, you know going back to the Middle Ages, there were the trades the architectural trades, and they were called uh, Masonic Orders, and uh, from that we get our modern-day unions and uh, the idea of protecting the crafts. They call it craft masonry. We have something called state craft, 
uh, there, have... there is a new hotel in Las Vegas uh, that is definitely a pyramid. I wonder yes. if the Masons had anything to do with that. Well, I shouldn't be a bit surprised. <laughs> All right. I, I want you to hold on for a second. I want to get the numbers out. We're about to open up the lines when we come back from the bottom of the hour break. So if you would like to call us, here are the phone numbers. First-time callers at area code 702-271222. I feel like I, I ought to set up a line for Masons, past a certain degree. Wildcard lines, area code 702-727-1295. Toll-free, west of the Rockies, 1-800-618-8255. That's one 800 618 8255. East of the Rockies, it's 1 800 825 5033. 1 800 825 5033. My guest is Jordan Maxwell. We're talking about ancient symbols and groups and mythology, and we'll be right back. All right. Um, without pulling punches, uh, Jordan, are you there? Yes. I'm going to just deliver this to you the way it came uh, over the facts, and I want to get your response. Art, I am disappointed that you would give this man a forum. As a Jew, I know that uh, conspiracy theories are as deadly as any fighting words. Please ask him, what is the difference between Freemasonry and Catholicism, or the difference between Catholicism and Judaism, and I think you'll un uncover his true colors. Uh, what about it, Jordan? Well, I consider Freemasonry uh, a fraternal order coming out of the 1717 England based on the old operative Masonic orders or the old operative orders of uh, Freemasonry coming from the Middle Ages and today Scottish and York White Freemasonry is uh, nothing more than a fraternal order operating uh, in something called speculative Freemasonry. It's not necessarily made up of people who actually work with bricks, but now it is the philosophers and business people of the world uh, who also are members of Masonic orders. But um, when we get into the Catholic Church, I believe the Catholic Church itself is a Masonic order of sorts in that it is based on some ancient cults that have come out of the ancient world. Its symbolism is very easily traced back to uh, both uh, Syria, uh, Persia, uh, Egypt, and especially the uh, Sumerian and Babylonian. I don't know what the uh, person was getting at. I'm, I haven't mentioned anything about uh, Judaism. Jews, no, so. you haven't. No, I don't intend to. I'm just talking about the mere fact that we uh, do have societies operating in the world. Doctors will tell you that. They belong to societies. All right, let's try this one. Uh, Art, ask your guest, what is behind the war in Northern Ireland? Does the new truce mean some hidden groups have united? If so, why? I think that probably has something to do with it. I was interested in that because I have some great color pictures of the marches of the different groups. Uh, operating in Northern Ireland, and they are very much Masonic. They, they are even some of the articles coming out of Northern Ireland talk about the Masonic Brotherhoods, who have joined together to fight uh, the British, and then there are others who are there to establish British hmm. rule, secret society. So, 
Um, so the answer, in short, is yes. Uh, yeah. Hi, Art. Please ask your guest to tell you about Albert Pike and the book he has written and the subjects that he talks about in his book, Morals and Dogma. I think it will blow you out of the water. Will it? Yeah, well, uh, Albert Pike has uh, been considered the great, uh, you know, Freemasonic uh, high priest, and that he was uh, during the Civil War and after. Um, he was probably uh, very heavily connected with the Order of the Golden Circle and the Order of the Golden Triangle, which later uh, joined and became known as the Ku Klux Klan. And so um, <laughs> Albert Pike has had some very uh, racist comments in his in his book, uh, Morals and Dogma. But, um, I, I, you know, I don't feel much like talking about Albert Pike over and above the fact that he was very in, heavily involved in... Uh, politics of his time. All this does not somehow connect to anti-Semitism or racism, does it? I don't think so, no. Matter of fact, some of the most malign people in the world have been Jews. I believe that Jews have been uh, maligned because someone behind the scene seeks to uh, cause, um, if they're going to do something, if a criminal society is going to do something, uh, it would be better to have a scapegoat in case you get caught. And consequently, uh, I believe Jews have been uh, made a scapegoat by other societies who uh, who are not Jewish all not right. at all. I wanted to get that clear. All right, let's and see. And some of the most important people in this country today are very, uh, you know, uh, very important and wealthy people in the country we know uh, have a tremendous influence on our government or very Protestant. All right. Uh, all right. Know. Having said all that, uh, yeah. to the telephones, first-time caller line, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hi. Yes, hello, Mr. Bell, Mr. Maxwell. Very, hello. very interesting. Thank uh, you. This is my first time hearing Dreamland. On your uh, dissertation regarding intervention, I guess most people think divine intervention, like a term. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to point out that in Genesis 6-2 it says, and I quote, And the sons of God found the daughters of men fair and went into them, which certainly suggests uh, commingling or intercourse. Correct. Yeah. the possibility of a little higher species. Yeah. On the other issue, going back way before the illusion mysteries, way back before the Sumerians, the, these ancient mysteries and wisdoms were not evil to begin with because there is uh, documentation that Jesus spent time at the pyramids, you know, in, in uh, yes. studies. Yes. But when men, that will say evil men, found out about it, they infiltrated, but it's not the symbols themselves that are evil, it's what men did to them. Of course. Uh, yep. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Las Vegas. Las Vegas and KWN. Excellent. Uh, glad to have you along. Thank you very much for the you. call. I agree with, and with, with you. And you you agree with her. In other yes, words, absolutely. it is not the the symbols of themselves are, are not, not evil. Are not no, evil. It's how they're used and by who they're used. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the point is, is that there are societies and organizations and organized societies and some good and some bad. And I'm saying that we know that there are. Uh, societies which are dedicated to overthrows of governments. We even the Freemasons will admit that the Illuminati did in fact operate within Freemasonry at a time, and uh, that's even in their own literature. All right, uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hello. 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 Um, do you know who Tex Mar is? Yes, I do. And I don't know that much about him, but I know who you mean. But he basically he's saying the same thing you are. But the Illuminati is like Satan worshippers? Yes. Well, um, 
as I said, there's quite a bit of literature out, and, and a lot of it is very legitimate and very good uh, research material on secret societies, etc., and the satanic groups, and uh, we have a lot of that uh, going on, and I'm aware of his writings. Uh, I'm trying to stay middle of the road and just make the point that there are some very powerful societies that work throughout the world that we need to uh, take our heads out of the ground and actually uh, look at the very good possibility because we know that uh, even in our own country that there are parties we call them the democratic and republican party they are they're groups the power groups we call uh, we we even have a term special interests and uh, the people of the country are always uh, at war and at odds with special interests well i'm talking about uh, orders of people and fraternal orders why do you think it has that on the back of the one dollar bill the novus ordo seclorum or the new order of the world so we're talking about an order of things. I mean, Adolf Hitler called his um, his monstrosity an order of things, uh, the new order. All right, ma'am, where are you? In Wichita. Wichita. All right, uh, thank you very much for the call. The new world order. Yes. Uh, the word new world order. It's actually um, the new order or the new secular world order. Uh, the... The, God, the godless world, uh, well, Jordan? Well, I, I, you know what I find interesting about that is that there's been so much written about that, but I have at least seven major reference works which I have photocopied articles from on the uh, chief cornerstone or the triangle on the pyramid. And all seven of these reference works, uh, most have been uh, found in theological seminaries. The uh, the word for the Messiah in Hebrew, and uh, think it's Psalms 118.22, the, the Messiah is referred to as the chief cornerstone, the builders rejected. And then the, uh, the twice in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the chief cornerstone, the builders rejected. <laughs> the word seems to be a Greek word, which means, uh, in the New Testament, uh, a Greek word which means a triangle which sits on top of a pyramid, the pyramid on. And so um, the pyramid, I believe, uh, the original pyramid, the Cheops, the one we call Cheops Pyramid, um, I believe is a very important religious symbol uh, put here by deity, the divine. I don't know how you would, you know, how you view the divine, but God is such. How, um, do, you, how do you view the divine? Is the divine a, uh, an extraterrestrial, Jordan? I believe that the divine, I believe in a, in a uh, well, I have two concepts that, that I'm trying to intermingle in my mind for years. I believe in an overall spiritual force in the universe that, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, we could just call the presence of God. I believe in the presence of a divine force in the universe. But I'm also very, uh, I, I, I'm very suspicious that there could be other life forms out there that um, that are more highly advanced than we and who have come here and intervened in our evolution and, and continue to this day to intervene in our life. Is that and, what you think you saw at Area 51? Well, that I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what it was I saw at Area 51, but I'll tell you, if what I actually, if what we, the three of us, saw at Area 51 was real if it was not a holograph bounced down on on our atmosphere by a satellite if it was a real things we were seeing then one of two things is true either our technology and i mean human technology has far far surpassed anything that we 
uh, normally would think that we have, or there is, in fact, an extraterrestrial presence here. Well, gee, either way, it's an interesting story. East yeah. of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Where are you calling from, please? Uh, from Fort Smith, Arkansas, KWHN is now carrying Dreamland. Excellent. As of tonight. Yes, sir. Um, I've always uh, suspected of, you know, uh, the supernatural, and here a few, uh, about two years ago, I've had some experience in a certain area that has changed my life, and uh, I've seen some things that just you just can't, I can't put in words, but one question that I had, I believe there's a balance in that power, but in the period of history called the Dark Ages, mm-hmm. did that have any significant power shift one or swing one way or to, uh, to the other in your theories? Uh, that's an interesting point. I had never really thought about that, actually. I, I, if, if we're to understand that extraterrestrial life forms have influenced us in our evolution, in our theology and government, uh, then it's a very, uh, very good point that maybe some evil forces were at work and to keep the human race in the dark. Uh, we know that at that time, <clears throat> the church, the Catholic Church, was the dominant the dominating force and that only the priests were allowed to be educated and um, so out of that came what was called the dark uh, you know the dark ages and of course with the age of enlightenment or the renaissance uh, there there began a revolution or a rebellion against that kind of of thing and and so it gave birth to a new age of enlightenment Jordan these secrets that we talk about that the society shares or that the rich and powerful share, who knows. Are these documented, are these secrets somewhere on some holy grail kept from our eyes? And if so, where do you think that somewhere is? Well, I'd be very interested. If I ever, if before I pass away, I'd like to be able to know what was in the Vatican Library that uh, was taken from the Alexandrian Library and the, the ancient text and all of these ancient things which have been kept from our eyes in the Vatican Library. I know that the uh, in the Himalayas mountains there are t- just just an incredible collection of ancient uh, documents, and um, one never knows where these things are. But I, I'm sure that there is a, a whole mystery school still in operation today throughout the world. Hmm. And um, all right, let's let's keep moving. We have a lot of callers. First yeah. time caller line. You're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hi. Hello there. Is this Gordon Maxwell? Jordan Maxwell, uh, turn your radio off, sir, and tell us where you're calling from. I'm calling from Carmel, California. Okay. All right, turn your radio off, please. Yeah, I will. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I'm calling from Carmel. Right. Uh, I'm, uh, I've been listening to you a lot, and I enjoy it. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, the uh, Protestant uh, Freemasons were... Uh, augmented by the Catholic Knights of Columbus and would have nothing to do with Freemasonry but were competitive because the Catholics uh, thought they needed uh, a, a group to uh, compete with the Freemasons. So there are two different, completely different groups. One is the Knights of Columbus and the other is the Freemasons. Well, yeah, it seems yeah. uh, it seems to me, and Jordan, you might want to comment on this. If you've got enough secret societies all in some way in competition with each other, 
or trying to attain power or influence or whatever you do with secret societies, mm -hmm. that the end result would be a kind of a chaotic uh, mess. mess anyway. Uh, so instead of some conspiracy that's doing something specific, they're all in contention and we have chaos. Well, I, you know, my answer to that is I'm not saying that there is one overall all-encompassing conspiratorial apparatus over the world. However, that is not foreign to Christianity, because Christianity, all Christians will understand and remember that the Scripture says the whole world is lying in the power of the wicked one, that there is a demonic force uh, behind uh, the, the, the governments in the world uh, that we know today, the Apostle Paul. Uh, it was Paulinist New Testament theology that said that um, we are at war, not with uh, flesh and blood, but with principalities and and secret societies and powers behind the throne, spiritual entities. So the whole idea of secret societies and 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 even one great order of uh, of, uh, of uh, secret society operating in the world is not foreign to Christianity. So, uh, and the mere fact that in the old times, in the Old Testament, every time angels appeared to, uh, to the prophets or to the people in the Bible, they always appeared in the form of men. And even in the New Testament theology, the Apostle Paul says to be hospitable to all men, for some have entertained angels unaware. The implication being is that you could be talking to an angel and don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So the mere fact that someone like myself would say that it is at least possible, if not plausible, that, uh, that extraterrestrials may look like us, may have created us in their image, and we might in fact be talking to one and wouldn't even know it, uh, has a lot of uh, cr uh, credibility in Christianity. All right. Uh, very quickly, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hi. Hi. My name's Randy. I'm calling from Chandler. Chandler, Arizona? Arizona. Uh-huh. Um, oh, wait a minute. You're, uh, you're not east of the Rockies, are you? Uh, no, I bet you I called the wrong one, didn't I'll I? I'll bet you did. Thank you very much for the call. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hi. Hello. Um, how are you? I am fine. Where are you? I'm in Oregon. Oregon, all right. Okay, my name's Janine. And I'd like to say that I agree with his uh, comment about crime in America. Uh, saying that if we wanted to do it away with these violent criminals... That, that we could do it. That we could do it, and mm -hmm. it hasn't been done, and it's very bizarre that we're in a country that would keep people in prison for long terms for the use of marijuana, yet allow rapers and murderers out after a very small time spent in prison. Well, well I, I couldn't agree more. I, and I, do. I agree, too. I mean, I it agree. is a nonsensical uh, policy. There's no question about it. Jordan, we are again at the top of the hour, so mm -hmm. we've got to pause here. All right, um, pause we shall. If you must leave us at this hour, I'm sorry, there is uh, one more hour to go, um, but it will not be carried by all stations. Uh, hopefully, KDWN, which just picked up the show, will indeed begin carrying the third hour soon. Uh, just wanted to mention that, and we'll be right back in all other time zones. Is the ZBC Radio Network. Back now to Jordan Maxwell. Are you there, Jordan? Yes, I am, Art. All right. I have uh, a I have a uh, quote I'd like to quote 
in relation to our economic situation. Yes, go right Back, ahead. Back uh, in 1948, the book Brave New World by, Ald- by Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, Yes. in the uh, introduction written by uh, Julian, Julian Huxley, it's an interesting quotation. We're talking about 1948. Mm-hmm. It says, quote, As political and economic freedom diminishes, Sexual freedom tends compensatingly to increase, mm-hmm. and the dictator, unless he needs cannon father and families with which to colonize empty and conquer territories, this dictator will do well to encourage that freedom. In conjunction with the freedom to daydream, under the influence of dope, the movies, and the radio, it will help his. It will help to reconcile his subjects to the servitude, which is now their fate. End quote. All right. So, um, let me give you a quote from somebody who just sent a fax in Charleston, South Carolina. This man on Dreamland saying the Catholics are a group subversive in nature. Well, I just hate it when people attack a very wealthy church that is, quote, very moral and has not changed like other churches. I am a Catholic, and the Pope is not Jim Jones or David Koresh. This guy must be suffering from paranoid delusions. How do you respond to that? Uh, first of all, I never said that uh, the Pope was like Jim Jones or that uh, there seems to be an awful lot of uh, people putting words into my mouth that I didn't say. Well, that this will give you an opportunity to unsay them or, or to yeah, make to clear. clarify them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the fact of the matter is that the Catholic Church has been guilty of and is today guilty of intervening into political affairs, be it through uh, throughout the world. As I said, my mother had an uncle, and I used to sit and listen to him talk about the Vatican, the Jesuitical assassinations, how Jesuits were used to assassinate people, how the, uh, the assassins in the Middle East provided narcotics and drugs. Uh, it, it is a very well-known story that the Catholic Church has been involved in very powerful syndicates and underworld organizations, and uh, one needs only to see... Uh, Movies like Godfather 3, where it even talks about the P2, a propaganda due lodge of Freemasonry operating in the Vatican. Hmm. People need to get their heads out of the sand and find out that the Catholic Church is not the holy, sanctimonious organization that they think it is. Religion, generally speaking, across the board, I don't care if it's Jewish, if it's uh, Catholic, Protestant, or Islamic, or any other uh, religious organizations have been involved in political movements, and any time you but, get... But, 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 Jordan, of course they have. Uh, the Catholic Church, uh, the bishops, I think, just made a statement about the Republican plan saying, more or less, uh, it's mean-spirited. They didn't use those words, but, you know, they said it would produce more abortions and or, and or whatever. In other words, uh, whether it's Catholics or anybody else, of course religion is involved in politics. How could it not be? Absolutely, but I'm saying it is even involved on a far more esoteric level. It's a far more deeper level. Has the Vatican been involved in the politics of Europe? Uh, it has engaged itself in the murder and the violence in the Europe in revolutions. Uh, we know that the Jesuits are guilty of all sorts of uh, intrigue in government. Uh, I am sure there's a lot of blood that has been shed during the Middle Ages, during the Reformation, the Inquisitions. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe that the Catholic Church became, and I didn't bring the, the Catholic Church up, but since it's been brought up, let me say this. I believe that the Catholic Church is a very wealthy organization. It is, it is a very prominent 
theological institution in the world for the very reason that at a time, at certain periods in history, you, you had to be a Catholic or you were beheaded. You were put to death on the stake and burned at the stake. And, uh, and until such time as we find out how these great religious institutions got to be great and large because of violence and bloodshed and murder, there is nothing holy about how the Catholic Church got to be a great empire. You it seem got to, to be you, that way by being... Yeah, a, Jordan, you seem to be angry at yes, religion. Yes, because I'm tired of Jews calling in saying that I have said something against the Jewish people. Then I get Catholics calling in saying I've said something against the great and holy church. All I am saying is something that a great people in the past have written on from the founding of this country is that there is, in fact, a phenomena in our world today, and that is the existence of secret societies and fraternal orders operating behind our professions, our institutions of higher learning, our governments, and our theological institutions. And until such time as we wake up and find out who prints the money, where the ideas come from, who has the power behind the scenes, and as long as we are going to continue to hold on to antiquated, outdated concepts and ideas about how holy we are as a, as a people and how righteous and holy our institutions are, we're never going to get to the bottom of how we got in the mess we're in today. All right. Uh, well, be careful not pull any punches here, Jordan. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hi, my name is Renzo. Okay, you're going to have to speak up. You're very hard to hear. I live in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, Art, this is the worst guest you've ever had on. Why do you say that? Well, Jordan, you're so full of it, I'd like to come down there and slap you, you little jerk. I guess, is that the extent of it, or is I there going to be... I think maybe. Pete, you, 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 you just say these things that make no sense. All right, you call her like... Wait a minute. No, hold on, Jordan. Call her, hold say, on. I call her like what? Like he says, I believe, I think, he has nothing to support this. It, you're so full of it. Aliens. Affecting society? How? Chaos happens. There's too many people here. Okay, is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, you want to respond, Jordan? I don't think there's anything to respond to. I mean, he had his opinion, and I've got mine. All right. We'll leave it there, then. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hello? No? East of the Rockies, uh, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hi. Hello, Jordan. I would like to ask you some questions about some things I've been hearing you say. Mm -hmm. I'm right now trying to form an opinion about what I think of secret societies. I've had friends of mine tell me about groups like uh, the CFR, the Trilateral. I've had them mention a word like uh, the Illuminati that you've mentioned. They call it the Order of the Illuminati. I'd like to know what you think about all those, the one world government, the worldly conspiracies, and uh, that sort of thing. I don't know really what to think of it yet. And well, I'll get off the phone and let you comment. All Thanks right. a lot. Okay. I think you're very informative. All right, thank, thank you. you. Uh, I tend to believe that some of the greatest people in our history uh, have believed in such things. Uh, if you will let me, I would like to quote George Washington. Uh, in, let's see, 1798, September 25, I have a photocopy of a letter by George Washington to one of his friends where he said, I have heard, mu I have heard much of the nefarious and the dangerous plans and the doctrines of the Illuminati. 
And then a second letter, he says, It was not my intention to doubt that the doctrines of the Illuminati and the principles of Jacobinism had not spread in the United States. On the contrary, no one is more truly satisfied of this fact than I am. Then he goes on to say, George Washington goes on to say, that individual who talks about Freemasons, and then he says, I do not believe that all Freemasons are guilty of this kind of thing, of this kind of uh, conspiratorial action, but in, then he says, but that individual of them, individuals of them, may have done this, or that the founder or instruments employed to found the democratic societies in the United States may have had these objects in mind, and actually had the separation of the people from their government is too evident to be questioned. And then Benjamin Disraeli, July 14th, 1856, Benjamin Disraeli said to the House of Commons, quote, There is in Italy a power which we seldom mention in this house. I mean the secret societies. It is useless to deny because it is impossible to conceal that a great part of Europe, the whole of Italy and France, and a great portion of Germany, to say nothing of other countries in the world, is covered with a network of these secret societies, just as the surfaces of the earth are now being covered with railroads, end quote. <laughs> I can go on and read about 25 other great quotes from uh, leading industrialists, leading leaders throughout the world, religious and political, talking about the, and the uh, existence of political and criminal secret societies that are working out the country today. And I think that until such time, as we look at uh, and get a clear view as to where these institutions have come from, the special interest that we're all concerned about, and believe me, there's nothing more powerful than a special interest that's been around for hundreds of years knowing how to manipulate people. And we we're, history books are filled with this. All right, Jordan. Uh, wild card line, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Uh, yes. <clears throat> Good evening, Art. This is Greg in Mountain Home. How are you doing? Oh, fine. Um, Mr. Maxwell, I've been listening to your uh, conversations tonight with great interest. Um, I was wondering, it, in, in my readings of all this, and I've been reading about this for a number of years, not as many as you, <clears throat> it seems to me, and I've never really been able to um, put my finger on it, but it seems to be that there's an interlocking between these organizations, not necessarily one all encompassing organization as art would like to put his finger on but that individuals from one group belong to uh, organization and another group belong to another group and that the ideas and the personnel kind of interlock in, oh, yes. in a network oh yes yes I, I have seen the same thing and uh, that's been known and commented on by many authors and writers and researchers in the field that many of the names of uh, prominent Members that, that were known to be members of certain secret societies in Europe, their names keep turning up in American societies, and uh, and we can trace that kind of thing for the for at least the, those records that we do have of these societies. So you're right. Yes, there is a, a connections can be made between individuals. For instance, the uh, CFR, the, the Council on Foreign Relations in our country, it's not a secret society as such, but it is a semi secret order in that we don't know and we're not privy to know all of its um, all of its workings behind the scenes. All right, are the guys uh, and gals in the CFR also likely to be the same ones dancing about the owl? No, I don't think so. I think some of them may be. But uh, we know that they, uh, the CFR is connected to something in England called the British Institute or the Royal Institute for International Affairs. 
you've got to know that any time you're talking about big money, big government, and political power, you've got to know that there are going to be fraternal orders and special interest groups involved in this kind of thing. Now, because we, on our level where we live, the, the common people aren't bothered by such things or involved in such things, we tend to think that, um, that everything is going along just fine. I don't think so. I think that there's a very powerful presence of something called special interest in international politics. And uh, I think we see it operating all around us, and we just haven't opened our eyes to see and listen with our ears well enough to catch all of these connections that can be made. And believe me, there are a lot of very uh, highly educated academic people who have written on this subject. Not just me. And all, right, not... all right, all right, all uh, right. Back to the phones. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hi, this is Dave in Wichita, and I have a question for Jordan. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I went to a Jesuit high school, and let there be no doubt, uh, Jesuit private high school, there, let there be no doubt that there are highly organized societies within the Jesuits. Another right. thing, too, uh, regarding your question, Art, how is this uh, taught? Is it all written down somewhere? Well, it harks back to the ancient Greek times with the mystery plays in which these symbols were utilized in terms of acting out a play oh, yeah. who's only, who only the initiates knew how to interpret. And this is carried back, back all through the centuries to the, the Bohemian Club. And I was wondering if uh, he could elaborate on that, Jordan. Well, that's exactly right, because they do have the mystery uh, plays and skits that are put on at the Bohemian Society and the Bohemian Club. And I think it's interesting that it's called the Bohemian Grove. Because when you get into grove worship, it's a, it's a whole new thing with the Druids and the Druids of England and Northern Europe in their grove worship. And uh, if you'll remember that the uh, ancient Druids had a priesthood, the Druid priest, and one of the symbols of their magic was the magic wand, like Merlin the Magician. Yes. And uh, magic wands were always made out of holly wood. And I believe that we still have the magic worked on us by Hollywood. And there's a lot of symbolism and emblems that are used in movies and motion pictures. Indiana Jones and in the Last Crusade, they're looking for the cup of Christ. Why is Adolf Hitler looking for the cup of Christ? Uh, why is uh, Darth Vader wearing the Nazi uh, helmet? All of these are symbols and emblems uh, denoting something. And I believe that there's something serious involved in it. I don't think it's all child's play. And I know that people who are involved in such research know that there is something very serious about the occultism that is going on in our country today. All right. Uh, wild card line, your turn with Jordan Maxwell. Hi there. I'm calling from San Diego. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Maxwell, I just want to make a couple of uh, comments. I, I think you're right on, and I, I really appreciate your uh, outspokenness. And I think you really hit it on the head with that comment uh, that, that our blindness is due to the fact that we want to identify with these uh, sanctimonious uh, organizations and, and hold ourselves up. And yes. That's all I want to say. All Thank right. you. Thanks. Thank you. There is some support. Yeah, well, seems I'll, like I'll you're, you. It seems, Jordan, as though you're either received well with those who agree or almost violently from those who disagree. Well, the people who are violently disagreeing, I believe, are in, um, are in uh, what's the word, they're rejecting because they are rejecting off the, uh, just totally, right off the top, they're in denial. Um, well, I've got to say, Jordan, I listened to you uh, talk about Catholicism for quite a while. I'm not Catholic. Yeah. But if I were Catholic and uh, devout, um, I'd probably want to hit you on the head. Well, I'll tell you what. If you were a member of the family of people who were burned at the stake, their heads were cut off, 
hot lead was poured in the face of human beings. Children, hot lead was poured down their throat. Uh, People were beheaded, murdered throughout. uh, Thousands were murdered at at a time in France and Germany by the church. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of crime committed by churches and religious organizations throughout the world. Well, Even, indeed, wars have been fought. Uh, well, I know, and I'm not I'm not attributing anything bad to the Catholic people today, but I am saying you better do some history, uh, you know, research into your history of how the church got to be so powerful in a dog eat dog world. How did the Catholic Church get to be as powerful as it is? It got to be that way because history says it was a very despotic and powerful movement in Europe, and if you didn't join, you're dead. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't mean to set you off again, Jordan. Uh, stand by. We'll be right back to you <laughs> for another 30 minutes. You're listening to Dreamland on the CBC Radio Network. of Nye. We continue with your calls on Dreamland with Art Bell. Call Art now, toll free at 1-800-618-8255. 1-800-618-TALK. First time callers, area code 702-727-1222. 702-727-1222. Or the wildcard line at area code 702-727-1295. 727-1295 in the 702 area code. Now again, here's Art Bell. All right, here we go again. Dear Art, please ask your guest if the Mormons use secret hand signals to identify each other. This is a great show. Fabulous guest. Thanks, Greg and Linda. Salt Lake City. Well, I guess they ought to know. Uh, What about it, uh, Jordan? I think they do, though I'm not a Mormon, so I can't say for sure. But I do know that the Mormon church is absolutely, without a doubt, based on uh, occult Freemasonry. Uh, both Joseph Smith and Brigham Young were Freemasons. Um, they were very heavily involved in uh, Freemasonic activities, even at the time of his death. And uh, some very formidable historians and writers, uh, such as James Billington in The Fire and the Minds of Men. He's a very uh, good historian, along with many others who have commented on Joseph Smith and Brigham Young's connections with the secret societies of Freemasonry, and uh, all right, we have so covered. I'm sure that there is a lot of Masonic I stuff see. going on. All right, so we have covered a lot of Western religions. Uh, what about the Eastern religions? Uh, Hinduism, the, the Muslims, uh, the Buddhists. Uh, what about the other big religions around the world? Well, they are they are the ones that were the actual uh, uh, beginnings of all of this that we have in the West. I mean, the whole idea of all of this, uh, secret societies and orders, uh, came out of the ancient East. And so uh, the assassins, as I said, and the Arabic orders, uh, we know that this is uh, where these things have actually began thousands and thousands of years ago. And so much of our religions, uh, religious institutions are based on uh, these formidable sects from the, East, from the ancient East. So all of this, uh, all of this is religion. In other words, religion is the secret order. I think so. I think that I think that's very accurate. I think all of this can be tied back to ancient belief systems, uh, priesthoods, and religion in general. Yes. 
All right, you know? um, all right. Let's. I just wanted to clear that up. East yeah. of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hi, Art. This is Smokey. I live in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay, you got to speak up good and loud. This is Smokey. I live in Kenosha, Wisconsin. <laughs> right, I got that. Go ahead. I wanted to ask Jordan. Well, um, I agree with everything that you said. I've always believed that the government lies to us about everything, and that we don't really know what's going on, and that we've contacted aliens and that they have technological breakthroughs that we don't know about and Mm -hmm. that they control us through TV and radio and cable and newspapers. And I I had a theory, and I wondered if you had heard of it and what you had to say about it was that I also believe that they lie to us about how many people there are on the planet. They say there's 5 billion, and really there's, like, closer to, like, a million people. And that like a million? Excuse well, me. When you me? watch when you watch on TV like the Indy 500, and then when you watch like a, a sports show or a basketball game or a, a concert, those people in the audiences are either the same people <laughs> that they use or holographic images. All right, all right. Thank you. Uh, you want to identify with any of that, Jordan? Well, I'm I'm sure that there's more than a million people because I see that many on the freeways in the morning here. So uh, I'm sure that there's a lot more. But I appreciate his comment. Um, I, uh, I'm sure that there's a lot more than... I, I'm, it is interesting, though, bringing up about how the government lies to us, and I'm quite sure that happens all the time. I, I know it does. So. All right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Yes, sir. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about our importation of uh, their brush on the Nazis when they knew they were losing the war. And also... Um, the fact that the Pope could have stopped the death camps by communicating anybody that had anything to do with any of the extermination camps. All right. Thank you. Um, the Nazis? Well, I think you we did know, mention them. Let me tell you what we do know from actual factual records. We do know that the Vatican provided uh, the passports for all of the leading Nazi uh, officers and generals and all of the leading Nazi officials so that they could travel once once they saw that the regime was going down. The Vatican did supply the passports for the Nazis to go to Central and South America. That and we know for sure. How do they explain that? Well, because uh, the uh, if you remember that Mussolini, the Italian dictator, was connected to politically Adolf Hitler, and the uh, Pope of Rome was also very heavily connected to the government in Italy. And consequently, it, uh, it appears that the Pope was in league with, because he in fact did, Pope uh, Leo, uh, Pope Pius the Twelfth did in fact sign two concordances or contracts with Adolf Hitler. I have pictures of him sitting with Adolf Hitler signing these contracts uh, to uh, give both financing and political. Uh, support to Adolf Hitler if he would then assure the church that it would be the only religious institution allowed under the new order of the Nazi empire. And so we know these things are actual factual history. I can send you the documents proving it. You can look in the encyclopedia or a dictionary under the word concordat, and it will tell you it was a contract signed by Adolf Hitler and the Pope of Rome. Hey Jordan, do you want yes. to leave? Um, do you want to give out a phone number or an address for information or yes, books yes. or whatever? I want to also say I'm not attacking any particular organization. I the whole well that that much does seem clear to me. I've come yeah. to the view now that you're you're um, after all of them. 
I'm after all of them. Yes, yes, right. It's a, a special interest period. Mm -hmm. uh, my uh, my address, if you would just write to uh, Jordan Maxwell, P.O. Box 7442, Burbank, California. 7442, Burbank, California. Um, 91510. That's 91510. And I have a phone also, if anyone is interested, 818-769-1071. Uh, one. Give it again, please. That's 818 area 7691071. Oh, you'll get some calls. Well, I wish, I would hope so. <laughs> I have videos, I have videos which I have uh, done uh, presentations which I have. I have uh, slide presentations documenting everything I've been saying. I have audio tapes and uh, materials, so if you're interested in any of, the, any of this kind of research, uh, I'll make it all available to you. Give me a a call or write me at the P.O. Box 7442, Burbank, California, 91510. All right. Uh, very good. Back to the lines. First time caller line. You're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Yes, Art. Yes. It is my pleasure. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, and I just wanted to pass along some things and ask a couple of questions. I'd like to take my answer off the air. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love the subject of... Uh, I know this is a very volatile, uh, uh, you're, you're striking a lot of nerves out mm -hmm. there. Uh, I myself, and I'm a Freemason, mm -hmm. and I'm a Scottish Rite Mason, and I'm third generation. But uh, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, there's a lot of good in Masonry, and I uh, wanted to put the plug in for that. You don't However, want, do you want to admit to all this? <laughs> I, I myself am not privy to any of this stuff, uh, uh, there's a lot of allegations. There's, there's well, surely, of... even at your level of masonry, if all of this would be true at the top, there would be uh, lots and lots of rumors and talk of it, even at your level. Well, that's the thing. There's nothing but the absence of rumor. And, uh, you know, all of my uh, experience is nothing but good. Uh, good moral men that are trying to improve themselves and to make a positive influence in the world. Well, my answer to that is that I also have uh, experience in masonry, though I am not one, but members of my family were. I understand what you're saying. I am not in any way imputing anything bad to Freemasons as people. But I will tell you that there is something to be looked at into the, the, the history of the Scottish and York Rite as it is connected to the Grand Lodge in England. And uh, there's a lot of very important information I have on that. If you'd like to write me, I'll send you all of this material and uh, be happy to send it to you. Aha! Uh -huh. So, Jordan, you are genetically a Mason. Yeah, well, I've been connected to it for a long time. Mm -hmm. I've been connecting, I uh, have been connected to it in that many members of my family have been Masons. Uh, I have uh, ministers or, or priests in my family. I'm a. Italian background, so my, like I said, my mother's uncle worked in the Vatican, so I'm not um, impugning badness to anyone. I'm just saying that there are some very important things we need to know about how big government and big theology and big money operate, and uh, we need to look at this. And there could very possibly be some uh, information concerning these orders that we need to know as Americans. All right. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air uh, with Jordan Maxwell. Hi, Art. Hello. Speak up good and loud. Tell us where you're calling from. My name's Bill. I'm calling from Kenosha, Wisconsin. All right. Well, Art, can you tell me any of your personal experience with what is publicly unknown? Because I want to know what, what makes you want to have this show. 
because I, I personally have never run into anything un- unusual. Well, um, it's, I guess, uh, well, that's a little off topic here, uh, but I like exploring areas that, uh, that I have not previously explored and things that I don't know about, and that's what makes me have this program, and that's what has me um, seeking Mr. Maxwell on the air as well as others, uh, the unknown. Uh, ideas that are new to you, uh, many of you. It's the idea. Expose yourself to new things. First time caller line, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Yes, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Where are you? I'm fine. I can't believe I got through. My name is Randy in New Orleans. Yes, Randy. Uh, the comment I'd like to make, Jordan was the first person I have heard that had the same concerns I've had. I've, I've got a brother who's an assistant U.S. attorney, and I had an ex-stepfather who was a federal judge. And the, the penal judicial system in America is such a disgrace. All the people that are, that are, the, that fill the prisons in America are basically there for drugs and for all these minor offenses and so forth. And the, the few, few percentages of hardcore criminals that can't be, you know, conditioned with therapy and, and released into society, if they cleared out all the people that didn't belong, basically, uh, there'd be so much room for, for people that do belong, plus maybe white-collar crime to me, which is, you know, total, total insanity, that... Uh, that, that's the first time I heard anyone else making those sort of comments. You well, know? I agree with you 100%. And I totally agree. Okay, you know, it's, it's funny. My, uh, my ex-stepfather, who was a federal judge, would go around, you know, putting drug dealers in jail for 30 years and then come home and get drunk, you know? And I'd see this and go, it just doesn't make sense to me, you know? Oh, I know. And uh, it just, you know, I just wish I would have finished my school and became a lawyer, but, you know, one person can't fight the whole system, you know, and... And the, the whole O.J. trial is a complete sham, you know. The, the, the pen, I mean, I'm more for the for the defense just for the fact that I've seen on all the... I've never missed 2020 or, like, Dateline or any of this stuff. And there's so many prosecutors, persecuted. They, I consider them persecutors because they're putting so many people in jail. And I, my brother was a DA locally and all this in New Orleans. And he said they're all in it for the money. They want to make a name for themselves and get a paycheck, you know. All, all right, sir. And, Thank you. Of course, that's uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, which, by the way, has probably more murders and more crime right now than uh, any other city in the nation per well, population. Yeah, and uh, it's not by mere chance, I don't think it's by mere chance that even in the state of California, we do not have a California justice system. We don't have a United States justice system. We have something here in California called the uh, California criminal justice system. And I don't think it's by chance that they use those terms. Why would they call it a criminal justice Right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Jordan Maxwell. Hello, Art. Uh, I agree with a lot of the points that uh, are being made by uh, by your guest. Uh, I am a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason. Myself. All right, well, I'm, I'm hearing echo on you for oh, some really? reason. Yeah, uh, you're a 32nd degree Mason? Yes. And uh, one point that I would like to make is that uh, as... Uh, like a hammer. A hammer can be used to build or destroy, and religion and uh, so many of these societies have been used for either good or bad. So I agree. I, I would agree with a lot of the points that uh, your caller makes, and I don't see him as attacking anyone myself. So I appreciate that. All right. I'm not, and that's not my purpose to attack anyone, but I'm drawing attention to the fact that uh, behind government, and great theological movements have been societies and fraternal orders, and we here in America need to understand that if we're going to uh, keep control over our country and our lives, we need to be given all the facts 
and we need to be able to look at all the facts because the brain is like in a parachute. It doesn't doesn't work if it's not open. So we need to open our minds and open our the history books and look at where we've come from as a people because we're not going to continue to have our freedom if we keep putting our heads in the uh, in the sand and we don't want to admit that we all have something to look at. And these secret societies and fraternal orders and special interests operating in this country need to be uh, investigated and looked at. And I am totally convinced that if we don't do that soon, we're not going to be able to continue to be free in this country. Just uh, idle curiosity, Jordan, but with what you're saying, if what you said were to be true, and these organizations had the power that you're suggesting they're trying to gather, mm-hmm. uh, they'd kill you. They may yet. I'm just starting. Well, it's true. I had an FBI man here in Southern California call me and say, we've been watching you for some time. And the people who work in the FBI, um, he said, the working class people in the FBI appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate what you're doing. We are wholeheartedly behind you and your efforts to try and wake the people up. However, when you expose government, and what you're doing and the way you're doing it, ultimately what you're doing is you're messing with big money, and one day they're going to deal with you.